evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. Kicking it old school tonight with just the two of us. Stephanie Burke, the birthday girl, is uh, is out of town this weekend. So she is unable to join us. Matt Moniz, science advisor, unable to join us. So it's just Matt and I, like it was back in the early days of Spooky South Coast when we first started the program. And wow, January of 2006. I never would have thought we'd still be on the air all these years later. I think we are. We're on the air, right? Seems like it. Uh, so for those of you who tune in to the show and watch us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com, which we recommend that you do because in addition to being a radio show, we're also a, a multimedia web show, a, a, a TV show, if you will. If you have a smart TV or an Xfinity cable box, or I think even the Verizon boxes do it now, or a streaming device like a Roku or one of those things, anything that you can get YouTube on and put it up on your television, you can watch Spooky South Coast instead of just listening to us each week. So we make sure that we kind of take over your life Saturday nights from 10 to midnight as we talk about the paranormal. And believe me, when we started doing this show, we never would have thought that we would have that ability. But we do. We take advantage of it. But so for those of you who are watching and, and in the chat room, you may notice that things are a little bit different tonight. Um, it'll look a little different. And some of the usual features that we have in the chat room, like the, the orbs feature where you can, you know, earn yourself orbs that we will eventually have something cool for you to trade them in for. Um, once we believe in orbs right now, we don't believe in them. So uh, tonight we don't have that option because uh, we had to use a different uh, computer than we normally use. So I think we, we overloaded the system with so many people that wanted to come in and tune into the show tonight. Uh, and maybe it had something to do with the fact that on the last show, Amy Bruni completely crashed everything. Did you know that, Matt? That when Amy was on the show last episode, she tweeted out that she was going to be on the show and our website crashed. Like, didn't we? I did. I, I was I was, uh, I was, was working to, to fix it as, as it was happening. I think it's cool that it happened, though. Yeah, it was kind of cool. Like, I know I mean, like, it shouldn't happen, but it's annoying. Show, yeah, it's yeah. annoying, but it's kind of cool that like we had so many people tuning in all at once that it crashed. But that's OK, because if you ever have that issue where you can't get to the show from our website and you know that we're live, just go to YouTube, type in Spooky South Coast, go to our channel. Right. Even better, better yet, if you subscribe to Spooky South Coast on YouTube, just hit that little subscribe button. That will give you the option to select a notification every time that we do go live. Also in the in the bell icon. It's not just subscribe. It's it's the you have to uh, hit subscribe then the bell and then with the bell you get the notification. Oh okay. So if I you thought... see that bell with the little two squiggly lines over it, that means you're you'll get the notifications for it. Okay. So yeah. but if you hit subscribe, the YouTube bell doesn't come it. up automatically. No, YouTube changed it a little while okay. ago. But yeah, YouTube's changed a lot of stuff. Mm. I find it to be kind of a pain in the butt. Mm. You can't like trying to get the WBSM live videos to show up on the front of the WBSM page was a pain. Oh, really? Once they switched to the new mm. the new uh the new YouTube backend. So oh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so the point is you want to subscribe and sign up for the the bell, which is appropriate tonight cuz we'll be talking about Art Bell, but if you subscribe to the show and you click the bell and you get the alerts, you'll know when we're going live. So if it's Saturday night, and you're not sure if the show is going to be on because maybe we're out of the studio and we're doing an event or something like that. Well, 
you won't have to worry about knowing or not knowing either way because you'll get that little icon. But we usually we usually let you know ahead of time, whether it be on Twitter or whether we post something up. And Matt does a great job of putting up classic episodes, even on the weeks where we can't be here. Speaking of which, we will not be here for the next two weekends uh, due to events. I wanted to try to hook up a live broadcast from the X-Filers conference at the end of the month because, you know, we have the, the really cool setup here now to do live remotes. But I'm just afraid that, like, at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night after a long day of UFO conferencing, you know, nobody's, nobody's going to be ready to sit down and, and talk about things. They're going to want to go out and eat, go out and drink, party, all that stuff, so... And I think Moniz and I probably want to do that, too. And, I, and from what I understand, it, nothing's been announced yet, but Stephanie's going to be involved in that event, and ha- we'll have something going on Saturday night. So if it does go according to plan, and she does do the part that she was going to do, uh, I think it's going to drain a lot out of her, and she wouldn't necessarily be able to even come on the air at 10 o'clock. So at that point, you know, we'll just take the week off rather than have a... Uh, her completely drained and me half in the bag on the radio, which would probably be how it would go. But it sounds fun, but it might not be for the most professional broadcast. We'll save that for backyard only podcasting, which we got to yeah. do this year. I was going to say, it was funny that um, the last classic episode that I put up was the haunted baseball one. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually, when I put those up, I just cut out the the main interview part. Um But I, I, I should have left the other part in because it was, um, I think it was after... Jeff's barbecue that you and you and Moniz came in. Right. And it was it was pretty funny. Pretty funny. That uh pretty amusing. You should find that uh find that on the the podcast feed. Th- there's Listen there's been it. there's been some episodes. There have been times that we've gone to parties before we've came here and done the show. Um there's nothing too risque, but you can You and I did uh, Bob's we did Bob's wedding and then came here and did the show afterwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. We were pretty I think there was a we, maybe a beer fest here or there. Yeah, we we have a few but the beer fest shows are different because the beer fest shows we just come in with no energy. Right. Because we already we stopped drinking at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh yeah, we're completely sober but we're just wiped out. We're just exhausted. All just thoroughly destroyed on uh Popeyes and Jersey subs and Jersey Mike's. Uh, <laughs> if, if you go back and listen to uh, Dustin Perry's first appearance with us on Spooky South Coast, that episode actually came about because we were at the beer festival in Providence and we ran into Dustin there. And like, you know, just kind of like, hey, how are you? Hey, what are you doing tonight? You should come on the show. Oh, yeah, I'd love to come on the show. Not thinking that we were on the paranormal and it, it was just a, a great show, but it just might have been a little bit low on the energy side. But we will certainly uh, make sure that we have plenty of stuff coming your way. We'll make up for the fact that we're taking a couple of weeks off here. I think this is the year we got to do it. we got to have a backyard podcast episode. For those of you who have never heard those before, we've, we've done a couple. We did one with, the, with uh, Moniz and Matt and myself uh, in the first year of the show. And then we did another one for Jeff Belanger's 40th birthday party a few years ago. So I think it's about that time again. And, uh, yeah, those get wild. And and this year when we do it, we got to do streaming video, right? Because we have that ability. Yeah, might as well. Maybe we'll do it as like a, a fundraiser. Can we still do pay-per-views on YouTube? Is that still a thing? Um, I think it's an option, yeah. So if we can do that, then people pay to watch it. Mm-hmm. And then that way they're, like, they're kind of opting in for whatever we do. 
Right. So right. should we decide to, you know, streak or what have you? Right. Like you right. chose to watch that show. Like we <laughs> didn't force fault, it into yeah. you. Yeah, you paid for it. So uh, we'll we'll figure all that stuff out. But what's interesting about the things that we do here, and we've always been a show that kind of pushes things to the limit, uh, technologically speaking. We always come up with these ideas. You know, usually Matt will come to me and say, you know, we can try this. I've been looking at this. Let's do this. Sometimes it will be, uh, I will have a crazy idea, and I will say to Matt, is there a way that we can make this happen? And he always says yes, but usually... I'm thinking in my head as he's saying yes that there probably isn't a way, but he'll figure it out. And nine times out of ten, it ends up happening. And I know I've said this before, and I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but if you go back to the early days of this program, you know, first of all, we didn't even know what podcasting really was when we first started doing this in 2006. But we said, hey, podcasts seem to be a thing. We should probably do that. And uh, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. There was a, a box that used to be here in the studio. And back in those days, we didn't have, um, we didn't have a skimmer hooked up to the, to, the, to the board here to pick up what we're saying automatically. We didn't have any kind of real recordings of things unless people manually started recording their own shows. And I think they used to do it on reel-to-reel. I don't even know how they were doing, were they doing, they weren't doing any DVD recording, uh, CD recordings when we came in here. When we first came? Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I just remember that black box. Just that black box that was in the studio that was connected to to the board, right? It was actually, was it mm-hmm. like connected to like this headphone box or something? They might have had some sort of skimmer back then. If Well, if they did, they didn't tell us how to use it. Right. That's for sure. Um, but they had this black box. And so we came in here and people don't realize like we were going to launch the show in September of 2005, but we needed like more training and more time to get ready. And so that's why we ended up not coming on until January of 2006. But for those couple of months leading up to it, we were coming in here and, and Matt was learning how to run the board. And I was, we were supposed to be doing practice shows, but we didn't really do any practice shows. But Matt was coming in here, and that that box was always here. And I was doing a sports show here every week, and the box was always here. And it was never an issue until the very first show we came in, assuming the box would be here, and it was gone. So in just a moment of desperation, I had a digital recorder that I used for my work as a sports writer, and I recorded the show on that. And it did not come out very well because I didn't turn the microphone down like I was supposed to. I left it way too hot, and uh, it kind of blew out the, the whole first episode with Keith Johnson. It's still out there. You can still listen to it, but it just, it's, it's painful to listen to, uh, not only for my hosting skills, but also for the, the clipping of the audio. But uh, we took that recording and said, well, we're going to start uploading these to the internet because maybe people will find the show and maybe they'll be interested. And the very first week, we got 100 downloads of the first episode. We said, wow, 100 people wanted to listen to this show, and it was stuff from around the world, too. Like, somebody was listening in Japan. Uh, We were getting downloads in the UK. So we said, well, maybe there's something with this podcasting thing. Maybe it'll be worth that $9.99 a month we're spending with with our podcast server. And all these years later, now look at podcasts. There's people who just listen exclusively to podcasts. Some people don't even realize that we're an actual radio show that broadcasts on terrestrial radio because they listen to us as a podcast later on. So we were 
pretty early in the game of Paranormal Podcasts, I think. And then we started streaming the show before there was even a stream here at the station. And we did that through a variety of ways. Uh, but we heard other shows that were streaming. I mean, Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM was one of the first shows that I ever heard on an actual internet radio stream. Now, I don't know if it was something that they were doing or if it was coming from one of the affiliates, but I remember that that was one of the first ways that I heard streaming audio with, um, with quite a bit of buffering involved, in it too, if I remember right. But so we decided to try... Thanks, Bart. It's a, it's, it's a live show, Bart, even though you've heard the story multiple times. Um, but so we've always tried to stay ahead of the curve with that stuff, and so that's what led to having the video aspect, too. I can only imagine what would have happened, though, if Art Bell had put a video stream like this in his show. He had the webcams, and he had... You know, you could see the originally it was just photos from in the studio. Uh, then it would take a, a, a photo every um, I forget how long the intervals were, but there was an interval that it would take a photo and upload a fresh photo after every amount of time. But imagine if it was a full fledged production like this that, like, imagine if he had a, a Matt Costa, if he had a silent assassin that was able to bring in video and bring in all this other stuff and connect with guests via Skype and all that kind of stuff. And I think it would have taken things to a completely other level, but at the same time, it also would have hurt some of the magic of what it is that he did. And there's been times where we've done shows where maybe the computer doesn't work, maybe the uh, the internet is acting funky, uh, or maybe there's been some shows where I've had to come in by myself and you weren't able to come in and run the video, where it's just me and a microphone and paranormal topics and that's the true spirit of what Art Bell started so as much as we tried to make this show be in some ways influenced by what he did I think some of the technology that we brought into it is taken away from it I think that if we if we saw what was going on with the show, if we saw the the way that he kept that thing running, we might have been amazed. I mean, me being a a tech geek and a, a little bit of a radio nerd, you know, I would have liked to have watched that just for my own edification. I, I love looking at photos of his studio and looking and seeing like what equipment that he had and seeing like, oh, that's how they did that. Oh, and that's how they did that. But at the same time, I, I like the fact that we didn't, see how the sausage was made. We just got to enjoy the sausage. Do with that what you will, Bart. But the the other part of that, though, too, is that it's not just about the way that the show is being presented, but it's what's being presented. It's, it's the way that the conversation is going. And that is the one thing that we take criticism for sometimes, where people will tell us that they feel like we don't question guests enough that they feel like we just let guests ramble on sometimes, uh, that we don't call into question some of the things that guests are saying. But I want to say that right now, a lot of that part of my interview style, I take directly from Art Bell. Because he never felt like it was his job to decide what was real and what wasn't, or what was believable and what wasn't, because 
he probably had a higher BS meter than most people because of all the different stories that he was hearing. And he also knew that if you turn that BS meter on, it might get in the way of the listener's ability to decipher that and even the listener's ability to just enjoy good entertainment. See, these radio shows are not made and not created to answer the big paranormal questions. They're only made to keep asking the questions so that people can make their own determinations and their own decisions about what they're willing to believe. And so that's why I always try to let guests come on and have their say, and we'll put on crazy people. We'll put on people that come at us with the most ridiculous stories, but that's all right because just because they sound ridiculous or they sound crazy doesn't mean that they aren't true. And maybe sometimes they come on and they share a story and it's not true. But as long as it's entertaining and we're asking those questions, then I think that we've done our job. I was going through our list of topics that we've covered earlier this week because, you know, we're trying to freshen things up a little bit and and try to find some different things that we haven't discovered. And even if we're going to uh, discuss things that we have in the past, maybe finding new angles for them. I know that Moniz has a a number of guests that he wants us to bring on from the UFO and and, and the Bigfoot fields. But I also want to make sure that if we're doing that, that we're bringing people on that have different approaches and different ideas. And then it's not just, okay, this guy is a Bigfoot hunter. And now this guy is a Bigfoot hunter too. And then this guy is also a Bigfoot hunter. Because then that's no different than, you know, when we had to make the edict about how we're not just going to have every run-of-the-mill paranormal group on the show. Because the stories are just the same. So, in looking back over some of our previous shows, I realized something in a lot of what we do. Sometimes it seems like we're not getting weird enough. It seems like we play things too safe and and stick to the, almost the surface area of some of these topics. So I think we're going to have to go and get a little bit weirder. That's why I love filling in on Midnight in the Desert because it can go in a completely different direction than what you're expecting. And that's okay because you've got so much time to be able to explore things that you can, you can get all of the surface information out that you need to. And then you can really peel back some of those layers and go into the deeper questions because you've got that long form format. And we were worried when we started this show that we wouldn't be able to fill two hours. And some nights we can't fill two hours. Some nights it feels like we're stretching to fill two hours. But then there's some shows where you say, wow, we could have gone for four or five hours with that and and still not run out of things to talk about. So I can understand how Art was able to get on and do four hours a night. But I don't know if it's, you know, warranted for every topic. That's why sometimes you would have a, a guest for a couple of hours and then maybe one for the last hour or split it in half or what have you. But looking over some of the things that we've done, we've done some really in-depth shows about certain topics, but I also feel like there's some that we could dive even deeper into. So if there's anything ever that you want us to talk about or that you want us to look into, spooky crew at SpookySouthCoast.com is the way to do it because, first of all, we always say this, and it's not just BS. We do this show for the audience, and that's who we have in mind when we 
book the guests and we ask the questions. It's all about what the audience wants to hear and what the audience wants to know. And that's something that I took away from Art. Because he always tried to have things that maybe he might not necessarily believe in or be passionate about or or things that he even wanted to discuss. But he would say, is this something that my audience wants to hear about or needs to hear about? And so that's the same approach that we've always used. And it may not work for every guest. It may not, you know, sometimes you might book somebody that's a dud. Sometimes you may book somebody that you thought you were going to be talking about one thing and it goes in a completely different direction, but that's just the nature of, of what it is that we're doing. You know, if you're, if you're doing political talk radio and you book somebody from that realm, if you book a guest from that subject matter, you pretty much know what to expect. And in this genre, you can kind of get a feel for people by listening to some of their appearances on other shows. But I try not to do that. I try not to listen to other shows because I don't want it to influence the way that the discussion will go. I have a tendency, my own personal tendency is that if I've heard somebody on the radio or on a different program, I absorb some of what I hear and then I tend to not ask those questions when they're on this show because in my mind I can skip over that and get into deeper things, but then I forget to really set the table for the listener. So that's why I've kind of gone away from listening to some of these other appearances. So if you don't know what somebody has done on other shows, like you're, it's a crapshoot. And you never know where things are going to go. And have we gotten burned over the years? Yeah, we've definitely gotten burned over the years. We've brought some people on that were... We've brought on a few people that were totally shams, some exposed, some only assumed. We've brought on people that... You know, it said that they had one area to discuss, but then came on with a definitely a specific agenda. I'm looking at you, Jesus. That's right. I'm calling out Jesus Christ. It wasn't the real Jesus Christ. But you can fall into that trap, and it's going to happen to everybody. When you've done, what, 570, what's this, 572, 3, something like that? You know, when you've done that many shows, you can fall for it. So how does it feel if you're Art Bell and you do... You know, 300 shows a night, uh, 300 shows a year for, you know, 20 years on this topic. You're going to feel like the odds are still in your favor, but you're going to feel like a few of them kind of snuck by you. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 if you want to call in and share. And so tonight I just want to mention, I mean, I know that I've kind of rambled a little bit here at the beginning, but today is the one year anniversary of the passing of Art Bell. And I think in that year, more so than ever, people have realized what he left behind. Now he had been gone from the airwaves for a couple of years prior to that. So it wasn't like he was doing a show nightly until his passing. But there was still always the fact that he was there. And I think for a lot of people, there was always the possibility that he may return, even in a limited capacity. But in this year since, you know, we've had to kind of adjust to a world without art. And in some ways, it's been a blossoming. 
to some degree of people like realizing that he's not there anymore and kind of trying to pick up the mantle. And we've seen some some new hosts pop up and some new shows that have popped up that have said, okay, we're going to pick up that mantle and, and, and try and carry a little bit of that spirit forward. But I think we've also seen a lot of the established shows and hosts say, well, maybe we need to kind of get back to some of what he was doing. And that's something that we tried to do here is we tried to take a little bit of that spirit and put it, inject it back into the show because it can get mundane to talk about these topics on a weekly basis for, you know, 12 years. Sometimes you just say, okay, we're going to do another show on this, I guess. Okay. But if you go back and you listen, especially like on the paranormal radio app or some of these other apps or, or websites that are running classic art bell shows, you go back and you listen to those. You say to yourself, even when he was talking about remote viewing for the for the 57th time, it still sounded like he was just as interested as he was the first time. And so that's some of the, the wonder that we try to bring back to things. But again, 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Thank you, Tim. Pleasure to hear you guys. Uh, I'm glad I got to be the first one in. I've been listening to you guys since the weekend before Halloween 2008. Wow, so uh, you've been around and pretty I much since the beginning. I, I like your review, your format, you know, just kind of perspectives and all that, and you've seen the up and downs. There are times, um, like I say, you've had people attempt to push things that weren't making sense. And one of the good things I've noticed about you guys is most times you want to stay out of controversy. If you have a belief, you defend it, but you stay out of controversy. And shows like this, I think that's important. Well, we like to be in the controversy. We like to address it, but we also like to take it from a, a rational perspective so that it's it doesn't do any good to just get wrapped up in things and, and just say, okay, well, we've got two hours now. We can get our say in. You know, we look at it as we've got these two hours. Let's try and use that as a way to, to maybe bridge some gaps or to find some common ground in some of the controversies. Did you guys ever end up up there at Market Basket in Cambridge? Because that week before Phil went to Florida, and that was a, that was in the news. No, we never got to go up there. I, I have a couple of paranormal friends that tried to go up, and and uh, and one of them actually went to the store and talked to some employees there, and yeah. tried to find out if they could go in for an after hours investigation, and uh, they were turned away. But they said that they'd, they'd actually had numerous people that had been reaching out to them that wanted to come in for something um, overnight. And so they said that they might actually try and do something somewhere down the line. But for right now, like store management is trying to, you know, they'll talk about it, but they're trying to like make it seem like it's not such a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Because I got a, for a couple of friends of mine, they live in, which is dark, and inside the lighting, the overhead. And what the lady said was she was seeing something, couldn't quite identify from what other people were putting out there. But there was definitely something like from a difference from one aisle to another. And then the next one, and then she tried to look back over to the left, and it was gone. And she was like, so her next thought was, what behind me? Was there a fan? Was there something creating like a moving shadow? And she can never, she can never nail that down. But and 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 speaking, by the way, just speaking of the haunted market basket, and for anybody that missed that story, Matt put it up on the Twitter feed, and we had it up on the Spooky South Coast uh, Facebook page too. But um, there's a supermarket chain in, in New England called Market Basket, and there's one of the stores is rumored to be haunted. Now, there's another uh, supermarket chain called Stop and Shop where all the employees have gone on strike. And so Market Basket 
which most market baskets are already kind of a zoo when it comes to the amount of people in them. But I was thinking to myself, how many people in that area saw that story and said, well, I'm never going to that market basket again if it's haunted. And now they have to because the stop and shop is closed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yesterday I was in Fall River, actually, and I had to go into the bank for business at stop and shop, citizens. And when I came out, the police were there on each side. And in general, there was nothing crazy like what happened at stop and shop here the other day. But what, one of the customers that was right behind me in bank says, when I get out of here, I'm going right across the street to Market Basket. Because in Fall River, it's right across from each other. Well, and I can tell you that um, I've known people that have worked at the Wareham Stop and Shop over the years. Uh, even some people that worked the overnight shifts there. And I've heard some stories about that store having some uh, activity, too. So, you know, it's... I, I'm not surprised. You know, a supermarket would be a place that you know, could probably draw a lot of energy because there's people always moving in and out of there. So you could have just energetic imprints that are left behind. Uh, but at the same time, you could also have, you know, especially considering some of the land, some of them might have been built on. You know, you might have some some residual activity that's happening there. But uh, I know that if I was a ghost, you know, I'd try to go wherever I could go and eat for free. So... <laughs> In the deli aisle? Might as well. Like, where'd all those free samples go? They just disappeared. Oh, must be the ghost again. <laughs> must have been good. <laughs> Always uh, a pleasure, Tim. Likewise. Take care. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. Matt, I don't think I've ever asked you this before, uh, but I know you, know you and I worked together for a number of years. Yep. In the morning, uh, we worked in a restaurant together. And quite often, we would listen to Coast to Coast replays right? because yeah. we would start our day, would start at like 5 a.m. And um, when I, I remember getting XM radio and the XM channel that ran Coast to Coast would rerun it again starting at 5. So I'd always have it on in the morning. But had you ever listened to Art Bell or, or Coast to Coast at all before we started listening to it in the morning? Um, no, I think that was my first experience. I think I've heard that I heard of it. Um, but I never actually sat down and listened to the show prior. I remember like happening upon. So when I first heard Art Bell, it was when I was in high school. So we're talking, you know, 94, 95, 96. I get my license and there were five kids in my family. My house was always crazy with all kinds of stuff going on. And uh, especially as we got older and like friends would be over and boyfriends and girlfriends would be over and all the, you know, like things just got nuts. So I would go out at night and just kind of drive around until I was tired and would go home. And I, I shared a room with my brother, too, for a number of years, too. So, you know, if he's awake and doing homework or whatever and I'm I'm not doing anything like, you know, you don't want to disturb him. And so I would just spend my nights driving around the back roads of Wareham. And I would, I remember I had, uh, you know, my, my cassettes that I would listen to. Matt, Matt remembers my cassettes very well. I had a, a big cardboard box of cassettes that I would keep in my car. But I would just drive around listening to music. And um, I remember that I had, I want to say it was my 84 Cavalier, my blue 84 Cavalier that didn't have a cassette player. So I couldn't drive around listening to my cassettes anymore. And so I said, well, I guess I have to listen to the radio. And I had a couple of rock stations that I would tune into and listen to. But even even in the 90s, when you had some diverse music, 
you would hear a lot of the same stuff on the radio over and over again. So you spend a lot of time in the car. You say, I got to find something else to listen to. And I would put on the AM band because you would find just a variety of different stuff. And I liked the fact that you could pick up shows from Chicago and New York and maybe Canada. And you didn't know what you were going to happen upon. And when I was a kid, my dad listened to a lot of talk radio. And I thought that it was the most boring thing in the world when I would be in the car and I'd hear him listening to talk radio. But I knew that it was something that would at least entertain me as I was driving around because you get wrapped up in the conversation and it, it doesn't become background noise then. You know, it becomes something that you're focused on. And I think that's when I first started to hear Art Bell was over those AM waves, but I didn't really, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know that it was something that was on Monday through Friday talking about these same topics. And well, actually, eventually seven days a week, but talking about the same topics. I thought it was just like, oh, I just happened to tune in on the right night when they were talking about UFOs. And so now and then you would, you know, tune in and hear a different thing. And it wasn't until maybe the late 90s when I realized that, no, this was what this show was about and that I could listen to it every night. But then the problem is, you know, you're a college kid. You've got a girlfriend. You're not going to drive around in the car with your girlfriend listening to Art Bell. In fact, I kept it from my future wife that I was even into this stuff for quite a while because I didn't want to seem weird. And then it only really came out when she went over my aunt's house with me from, for the first time. And anybody that's ever spent time with me and my aunt at the same time, the conversation inevitably turns to all the experiences that they had in their haunted house. So that's when I kind of had to say to her on the ride home, you know, listen, I'm sorry that we spent three hours talking about this stuff, but, you know, this is something that I believe in and something that I've I've always been interested in. And, you know, she she accepted it, but didn't really necessarily believe in it. But I couldn't just turn on Coast to Coast and listen to Art Bell. Uh, you know, it was just something that I wasn't comfortable with quite yet. I'd leave her house at, you know, two in the morning after we'd gone on a date or whatever, and I'd turn it on on my way home. But it wasn't something that we were listening to on a regular basis. But those mornings working in the diner, knowing that I could listen to it kind of uninterrupted and just completely dive into the four hours of it um, made a huge, huge difference. And then it was really cool when I got that XM radio that would actually record the show so that then I wouldn't have to be dependent on that rebroadcast that always would lose the last hour because they didn't do the full replay. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for a couple of months now on uh, my heat crane internet radio. You know, it's an actual radio. Sure. I'm over here in Bridgeport, Ohio. And uh, once in a while, you guys will go into commercials where you're still talking. And, it, you know, it'll last for a long time. And then you'll come back on talking. It's not like a normal commercial break. So I don't know what's going on with that. So you're listening to the WBSM um, yes, I am, right now. So yeah. you're listening to the audio stream from our WBSM site, right, through the C-Crane Internet option? Yeah, I guess that's how it's set up. Okay, so what happens is is on that app, um, sometimes it will take breaks that we don't control here. Um, so uh, while, of course, we love people to listen to us on the WBSM stream, uh, a good way to kind of get around that is if you listen to us, on, if you watch us on YouTube, um, that's one way to kind of get around that. Or if you can, um, what's another good way? Probably the Paranormal Radio app, I think, would, would avoid some of that, too. Yeah, I have a, are you guys part of iHeart? Because there's a lot of paranormal stuff 
So I actually leave on the TV at night, you know, pop up the paranormal stations, all kinds of cool stuff. So we're, we're not because uh, we're owned by a, a, a different company. So we have our own branded app. We have our own WBSM app, which is where that stream comes from. But um, if you download the Paranormal Radio app from mm-hmm. TalkStream Live, that has uh, it's an entire app of nothing but paranormal shows so it will always let you know when the shows are live and then you can listen to the podcast versions when they're not live and if you like art bell they have multiple channels that just run classic art bell all day long i have two i have two right i have two on my uh, internet radio outside i'm on the porch right now art bell all day and art bell classic so good and it's, it's really good stuff uh, uh, i still you know and, I, and george nori he comes in uh, you know on the big 1170 radio station, but, you know, uh, all the time. That's pretty good. He had some good guests on this past week. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's good to know that the show that Art started is, is still going strong. And, and um, oh, yeah. you know, and, and now that we have so many other shows that have popped up in the wake that we're able to, you know, listen to. And, and that's the thing about it is for people that were interested in these topics, you had four hours a night, five hours a night tops to listen to the show. And then... You had nothing else the rest of the time. Now you can listen to all day. There's enough programming to fill your entire day. Yeah, we well, got me listening to your particular station. You know, like like I said, this uh, these Sea Crane radios. Instead of having it on the tablet or you know whatever, they're so they're so you know loud. They're they're, they're just like a regular cool you know old radio. I love them. Mm-hmm. I was listening to Howie Carr and all those kind of guys, and then I one night I come home and I and I turned it on. I heard this uh, spooky Saturday stuff and. You know, whenever you guys are on, I and I give it a listen. Uh, uh, we had a local station here; they went away. Got moved to, I think, South Carolina or somewhere. But there's so many other of you guys out here. Now, uh, you know, uh, I had a spooky situation. You know, I, I'm always hoping to see a uh, UFO or something, and I do believe in paranormal stuff. Mm-hmm. I live in this house at the end of the woods. Okay, it's a really nice little house. My daughters uh, grew up, so I, you know, I'm single now. Well, I couldn't figure out why nobody would buy this house. Well, there's there's an old house on each side of my house. I've lived here 13 years now. It's right at the end of a, a road next to the woods. It's very hilly where I live. And uh, what I found out on the in the one house, the old lady committed suicide, mm. and in the other house, there was an old lady, and she was in another house. And in the house I live in was another old lady, and she they had to drag her away, kicking and screaming when she was in her 80s. So the house stood vacant for a year, so I bought it. I kid you not, for a while there, it doesn't happen anymore. Like three or four in the morning, I could hear whispering and talking. Now, I wasn't imagining stuff. I really don't think it was. But it went away? Now, I don't know if it was somebody was trying to... I really believe in, you know, other entities. I don't know whether the old lady that lived in this house was trying to scare me out. But it didn't. I actually spoke, you know, it was like I was speaking to somebody. Hey, I'm living here, you know, I'm not going anywhere, you know, you can't hurt me anyways. And it stopped. But I, I'm, I, you know, I'm a normal guy. I believe in everything, but I, you know, I wasn't imagining stuff. No, I heard it, whispering. It would go on for it, it, several weeks. I wouldn't like be surprised. Four in the morning. I wouldn't be surprised and, if she was just wondering, you know, who you were and what you were doing there. And then once, once she realized you were there to stay, she just became accustomed to you being there, and, and it wasn't a big deal to her anymore. Evidently, yeah, she must. Yeah, she feels uh, okay that I'm here. And I'm, te- I'm not tearing the place apart, or like you said, whatever. So you know, I'm always looking for a cool story like that and stuff. Uh, right in this particular area, we have a spooky old penitentiary. Uh, there's a lot of uh, tours that go on in there all the time. 
and a couple of spooky tunnels where guys were shot and hung and uh, very many spooky cemeteries, you know, from the revolutionary days. So it's a pretty cool uh, place here, too. So a lot of paranormal stuff's always going on. So I'm always looking around and listening to see whatever you guys have to offer. So well, we hope to get out that way someday ourselves. Yeah. Hey, it's good talking to you guys. Likewise. Have a great night, and thank you for calling yeah, in. You too. Yeah. And 508-996-0500. We have a, another caller on hold. The, the chat room is already... Uh, telling me that I shouldn't go to this line, but uh, we're going to go to it anyway. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. What's shaking, Timmy? What's going on, Playboy? What's going on? Just living and loving. I'm out here in Coachella right long now. You're in Coachella? At Coachella? Yeah. You you getting your party on? Uh, No comment. (laughs) I'm I'm a brother. I'm not trying to live. I'm not trying to get caught walking or doing anything dirty for civil. Okay. So, I begin, Playboy? For those who don't know, this is, let's just let's just set this up. For those who don't know, this is the legendary Lamone. Quit shaking, everybody. Picking it up, giving it up, and slam it down. Okay, but what, what I would like to say, I don't know where to begin. The first time I met Art Bell, I was, work, I was working at the only black station in the state of Nevada, 88.1. I started working there when I was in 11th grade. I'm going to say like 89. At KM, KMJJ, the radio station here. And that's where I started kicking, started talking to him. And I learned a lot of things, but I, I experienced a lot of horrible things too. Let me just say something fun about him. Okay. I remember Ramona. Ramona's a nice lady. That's where my most, my uh, connection with him was, is because I'd give him tickets to go see like us. Like on New Year's Eve, the, the very last time he did New Year's Eve before. He started doing the New Year's, you know, the the, the prediction show for the next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took him. He came to go see uh, uh, Pointer Sisters him on New Year's Eve. I like that was kind of fun. But I oh, worse, I just so much. I don't know where to begin. There's so much I want to tell you. Hey, what's going on? All right, I'm on the phone. All right, all right, sorry about that. My bad. <laughs> That's okay. Right. So, um, now, what were you saying to me? Well, I was just going to say, we, we only have a few moments here before we have to take a break for the news. So just give us like wait. some of your best. I, I, there's too much. I could, see, I could see about when I first, I met uh, Malachi Martin. Wow. And so uh, and he, he met my kids and stuff like that. And I found, he gave me information. So I found out the hard way. This is like in 95. I found out the hard way through the actual Antichrist and so that evening, I was I was inside my I was inside my uh, my uh, my kitchen. I heard somebody talking and opened up the blind. Looked out there, and it was a guy that I know to be the Antichrist. He was like, "Hey, open up the door and let me in. Open up the door, and let me in." So there he at. And so, like I said, and I closed the blinds back. And I went back and started praying. And so the next like the next day, I called him. And I said, oh, "I found out who the Antichrist is." And he says, "Are you glad you did?" I said, uh, "I guess." And literally, he came to me a couple, like, I want to say, like, maybe two weeks later and told me, like, he said that I'll take away everything you love. I'll have I'll have you crawling on your knees, coming to join me. And, and then um, my mother and father were married for 44 years. My mother died. And then uh, the next year, two days after Father's Day, my father died. And then I was engaged to a girl. We were uh, we were three weeks away from getting married. And, and the three months after my dad died, she was on the way to the Philippines to get a grandmother. Bring it back to the wedding, and her airplane crashed on the way there. Oh no! 
And so and that was like, you know, that was the last time I was in love. I've had plenty of girlfriends since then. I've even had another child, but I've yet to be in love. And so and that's something right there. It's really hard. I, and like my oldest child, thank heaven that my my sister was able to take care of her while I was, was working for the Red Cross and things like that. I tell you, that was horrible. It was like, and that was a bad thing. And I'll, after the break, I'll tell you about my uh, my running my running with Pat. Well, after the after the break, we have to go to the week and weird. So we're gonna we're gonna have some uh, some time that has to be taken up at the beginning. But if you wanna if you wanna try to give us a call back a little bit later on, maybe we can get into some more of this stuff. I'll call you. Because I'd rather tell you about this in person because it's like really it's really deep and I could ooh. Well, listen, I, right. I I hear rumors that there might be a, a gathering in the desert sometime soon. So there is, and they're not just juggalos. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs> no, this is this is going to be a midnight in the desert gathering. So if that ends up happening, uh, I think we're going to get the chance to meet face to face. Hopefully, why wait so long? Well, hey, we just had a we just had a new airline open up here at the Providence Airport. You know, eighty nine dollar round trip uh, tickets out to Las Vegas. So you never well, know you when I'm going to pop up. You need to come. Come out here and we see Godzilla on the 30th of May. I think you're going to see Godzilla, king of the monsters. That's, that's going to be off the chain. Well, and, and, and uh, I know and they say what home. happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I got a feeling I'm going to have to stay in Vegas because you're going to get me locked up. Hey, like they say, come on vacation, leave on probation. There we go. Thanks, Lamone. Play on, play uh, that is the legendary Lamone, and uh, if you've never heard him, uh, he's a frequent caller into Midnight in the Desert, and uh, he's always in the chat room on Spooky South Coast as well. So we'll take a break for the news. We'll come back with more Spooky South Coast. New Bedford's News Talk. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talk Stream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Welcome back. Hour number two of Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa. And intern Kylie is here as well, too. We don't want to forget her. Uh, of course, the birthday girl, psychic medium Stephanie Burke, is out of town. So she's not with us tonight. But, you know, reach out to her on uh, on social media, at Work at Burke. Reach out to her and say, happy birthday. I told her happy birthday a little bit late in the day, but because she's like far away and it's still only midday where she is, I feel like it's still early enough that it counts. And then, of course, Matt Moniz, science advisor Matt Moniz, also out tonight as well. And uh, as I mentioned, we are working with a different computer, so it might be a little bit uh, difficult for us to bring up the live video of the Week and Weird while it's playing on, but Matt said he'll fix that in post. And he'll get the video into the final product. Uh, but, of course, we always release the Week in Weird video for you to watch uh, on its own as well 
But uh, at the very least, we'll play the audio for it, and we'll see what happens when we do that, too. But hopefully the, by the next show, everything will be back to normal. We just broke the other computer, so we need to get that fixed. And then once we have that, we'll be back to the regular way of doing things. But um, maybe you want to hang out with me and you're in the local New England area, well, next Saturday night, we won't be doing a show, but I'll be holding an event in Winchenden, Massachusetts. It's uh, it's our weird Winchenden event. It's going to be at the Murdoch Whitney House and the Isaac Morse House. So these are two like mansions directly across the street from each other that are both haunted. And we get both houses for the entire night to investigate and do what we will. And uh, Don over there at the Winchenden Historical Society is great about uh, letting us try different things and do different experiments and all that kind of stuff. And this is the place where I've had experiences in the basements, especially with shadow people, where we've had doppelganger experiences, where we've had apportation. So to the person that tried to correct me for the graphic for the event saying I spelled apparition wrong, no, I'm talking about apportation, which is things appearing out of nowhere. Uh, things that will just show up and shouldn't be there uh, for the peach pits that get thrown at us in the basement. So um, if you want to join us, we have a special ticket price. Now this is, I don't know why I did this because this was just crazy. But you can get both houses for in one night. One ticket gets you into both places, 75 bucks. Which is normally about half of what we would charge for this event. So... Um, if you want to get some tickets, they're available at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you've never done a paranormal investigation before, this is these are great places to start because you get to see how the paranormal rubs right up against the history. And if you are a seasoned investigator but you've never been to these places, they should be on your bucket list. I know that they're not you know, hugely well-known in the paranormal world because they haven't been featured on television shows yet, but they're two of the most active places that I've been to. And then, of course, uh, if you have been there before, you know how weird it gets in Winchenden, so you probably want to be part of that. So SpookySouthCoast.com if you want to get your tickets to that event. And then next, the weekend after that, the last weekend of the month, is the X-Filers United Conference here in Warwick, Rhode Island. So for any of you that are listening from outside of New England and you want a good reason to come here and visit, there's no better reason. And it's right by the Providence Airport. So Lamone, if you're listening, you can take one of those flights for $89 from Las Vegas to Providence. And uh, the Providence Airport is actually in Warwick, Rhode Island. And this hotel where they're having the X-Files United Conference is right next to the airport. So anybody that wants to fly in and take part, you can do so. But hopefully all of our friends from around New England will be there to see some of the great talent that will be presenting, including a number of guests that you've heard on Spooky South Coast before. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited to get the chance to meet Mike Cleland and talk to him more about UFOs uh, and aliens uh, and owls and the connection between them. Uh, and, of course, the entire event is headlined by uh, Dean Hegland from the X-Files. He, You know him as Langley from the, the Lone Gunman. He'll be there. Uh, also, Greg and Dana Newkirk will be there with the Traveling Museum of the Occult and Paranormal. So it's always good to hang out with them. So many people. It is a stacked three-day conference. And you can find out more about it at x-filersunited.com. That's where you can get all of your tickets. I'll be there all three days serving as your MC, And I'm very, very, very excited to have all of these folks come from all over the place and come to us in Rhode Island. I'm sorry that, you know, it's sorry they have to come to Warwick when... The Rocky Point Chowder House is not open, but I promise we'll see if we can maybe find that uh, recipe for you and get some Manhattan clam chowder for you while you're all in Rhode Island. 
So we are taking some calls, talking about Art Bell tonight. And before we play The Weekend Weird, we have a, a caller on the line that wants to call in and share some memories with us and some thoughts with us. So let's go to that call. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Hi, Tim. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. My name's Stephanie, but I'm not Stephanie Burke. <laughs> well, I know because she would have told me that she was calling ahead of time. So, right. um, The reason I'm calling has nothing to do with Art Bell, actually. It's about me being a newbie. And I just wanted to call and say, at 54 years old, my friend Colleen Johnson just introduced me to all of this. And... Who am I to say that anybody's experiences aren't real? I've never had an experience, but man, I am interested in hearing more and more about it. Well, I'm glad that you could join up with us. And for those listening, I apologize if you're getting some of the phone feedback. Uh, this is just because we're using different equipment than we usually are. So we, we thought we'd nip that problem in the bud, but now it's uh, it's it's come back to haunt us a little bit here but so I'm, I'm glad that you could get involved with this and and there's no person better to trust you to go into that journey than colleen yes it's wonderful and i'm very happy to have her out in seattle with me so uh hope hopefully she'll get you on some some paranormal adventures too yeah we're, we're look we're looking into it there's, so i don't want to take up a lot of your time i just wanted to call in and say that well we appreciate it thank you so much for joining us and thank you for for tuning in okay bye take care and, uh, yeah, we are getting a little bit of that feedback, but that's, you know, it kind of makes things a little bit more spooky, too. That Art, now, Art never would have gone for that. I would have told them that their phones were terrible and that they needed to call back and maybe they'd have to fax. You remember, remember how he would take faxes during the show? He would encourage people to fax him. Can you imagine what he must have gotten through that fax machine? I mean, he read some of them on the air, but imagine the ones that he didn't. Man, that's, first of all, like... Faxes have been around since that time, right? Since like the early 90s. And I still don't know how to send one correctly. Right. Like I still screw up every time I try to try to send a fax. I think I've sent one before. Like successfully? Yeah. You probably tried to send a dozen. I think only... I thought it was successful. I never heard back, so. So what I've started doing is because I can never get a fax machine to work right, I just go to those sites where you can like send an email, but it sends it to the fax machine. Right. That's how I do it. Right. I'm terrible with with fax machines and um the the worst part about it too is like unless like you said unless they acknowledge that you got it like then you're like did they get it do i have to do it again do i how do i do it again how, do i have to go and type the whole number again right it still amazes me when i call numbers sometimes and i get the fax machine noise yeah it's so weird like what what are you doing that somebody's yeah. still faxing you i remember using uh the phone at a friend's house when i was a kid and it was a fax. I, it was the fax machine phone, and I used it. And apparently, it cost more money, and his dad like flipped out. Yeah. So, that's uh, Bardell saying in the chat room that he f he faxes butt to Art seven times. <laughs> nice. And that Art responded on the fourth one. Oh, so that's good. So that he wanted to hang out. So I'm just wondering why Bart felt the need to send the other three. That's a lot of toner. Really is. Yeah. And speaking of Bart L, of course, we want to let everybody know. That tomorrow night is the big night. I mean, for those of you who have been waiting and waiting and waiting for this, and I know that there's been a number of you who have, ever since the Christmas Wootacular, which, listen, I was, I don't want to say that I my expectations were low. 
I think I didn't I didn't know what the Wu-Tacular was going to be. But Bart was promising that he was going to be delivering the Wu, and he was promising that it was going to be something very, very big. And he delivered. The Christmas Wu-Tacular, if you didn't see it, you can still see it. It's still available out there, but it's it was amazing. I watched that. And I, I had tears, tears of laughter, but also tears of remembrance for Art and so many of the things that he talked about. And so now tomorrow, Bart is delivering the woo once again. Bart L. delivers the woo, 7 p.m. You can watch it on YouTube. If you go to kingdomofniradio.com, you can find out more. If you follow Bart L., at Bart underscore L-E-L-L on Twitter. You can find out more. You can watch the, the preview. And you can also s- click on the YouTube link and get the countdown for when it's starting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell people right now exactly how much time we have left. 19 hours. 19 hours until Bart L. delivers the woo. Bring some- <laughs> I can't say that on the air. But uh, the Wu-Tacular will certainly deliver the goods. I can promise you that. And um, some of it's a little bit inside, but that's what makes it especially funny to some of us. But it's uh, it's well worth your time, I'm sure. And uh, we'll maybe we'll have a, a post-Woo wrap-up show to talk about that uh, in the coming weeks. But uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to share some of your thoughts. And uh, we are talking about Art Bell. It was one year ago today. I wrote about it for WBSM.com when it happened, and I shared the link uh, earlier today from, from the story that I wrote last year. But I was, I was in New Hampshire at the Mount Washington Hotel with some of the cast of Ghost Hunters and some of the cast of Haunted Towns, and, and Stephanie was there, and John Brightman. We were all up there for an event when, uh, when we got the word about Art and his passing. And so I just kind of wrote what I was feeling at the moment, and you can see that on uh, Spooky South Coast Twitter feed and on my Twitter at Tim Weisberg and Facebook as well. And I just tried to at least express some of what Art Bell meant to me and what he meant to the genre of of what we do here. I didn't realize, though, that we were going to see a renaissance to some degree of paranormal talk radio. That of course, there's still a lot of shows that are out there that I, I I question why they need to exist. You know, some people just don't understand that you 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 do a show because you have something to say, or because you have a desire to learn, and that it shouldn't really just be about talking about yourself. But hey, some some people just that's what they do. But uh, one thing that I will say we have seen a renaissance in, and not just because I work there, is Midnight in the Desert, which of course was the last show that Art started before he had to step away from the microphone permanently. And through Dave Schrader taking over the show uh, last summer, uh, it's been revitalized. It's been brought back to, I think, you know, kind of exactly the type of show that Art Bell would have done, where the topics are mostly paranormal, but not always. Sometimes it just goes into the strange and unusual and, and things that just aren't being heard on mainstream radio. And, uh, and I thank Dave for giving me the opportunity to sit in that chair Sometimes when he's not available and we just wrapped up a a couple of weeks run of some really, really great shows that I filled in on. And I get excited for that because I sit there in my home office in the dark 
just myself, the microphone, and the audience, and the guests. And it feels very Art Bell-like. And as much as I love all the technology that we do with this show, it's just cool to have like a different feel with that show. So if you haven't checked out Midnight in the Desert, if you miss Art Bell, if you miss the type of show that he did, go to midnightinthedesert.com, sign up, get the archives. You'll get all the shows that Art did before he hung it up. But you'll also get all the, the new shows as well. And you'll get to hear Dave and, and myself and Shannon and Tim Dennis and all of us. And I will say this, that since since Dave asked me to be involved and since I went to Lilydale last summer, there's been some really like kind of weird coincidences, weird things that have happened. And there was one that happened this week. I can't really get into it too much, but it just made me realize that maybe... Maybe Art's still paying attention to what it is that we're doing. So even though he may be gone from the airwaves, even though he may be gone from this plane of existence, I think he's still around us and and with us to some degree. And it's funny because when I went to Lilydale, I got a reading from Gerda Lestock, who is one of the most famous mediums in Lilydale. And uh, I want to thank Ellen Ratner for setting that up. But Gerda told me that there was an, an older man who was kind of guiding my career. And I thought she was talking about my late uncle, who died when I was very young, but he was also very young. And she was describing this person as being an older man. And I said, well, I mean, my uncle was like in his 20s when he passed away. So I don't really know how like that would be, you know, who, who would be, but he did. He worked in radio and television and he was you know somebody that i knew did all this stuff but i couldn't really say that he influenced me because i never got to experience him in that field i never got to hear him um it wasn't until uh when my grandfather passed away and we were cleaning up the basement i happened to find one of the carts of my uncle reading the news and Thankfully, Matt was able to find a way to resurrect that on the cart. One remaining cart machine in this building that works, he was able to resurrect that in digital and put it on digital so that, you know, my dad got to hear his brother's voice for the first time in, in 30 years. And I got to hear my uncle read a newscast for the first time. And that was something that, you know, I, I didn't even know that he had done. I knew that he had done sports reports, but I didn't realize that he was also a news reporter. So... She's telling me about this older man that's guiding my career, and it, it, it didn't dawn on me until later when Phil Paleologos, who was there with me, told me later as I was going over all of this, he kind of like slapped me upside the head and he goes, she's talking about Art Bell. And I would never want to be so bold as to think that Art Bell would care about me. But if you look at the way things have kind of lined up since then, maybe there was some truth to that. You know, we, we he knew of us. He knew of Spooky South Coast. He selected Spooky South Coast to be one of the, him and Keith selected it to be one of the first shows in the Dark Matter Digital Network. I had reached out to him via email and Facebook message quite often, and we had good back and forth. And then, of course, you know, the final year or so of his life, Art became very much uh, very pro-Trump and would frequently post pro-Trump stuff on Facebook, which would lead to me getting into some arguments with him. But like we had a very limited interaction in the grand scheme of things. So I don't know why he would take an interest, but 
I think that he has, and I'm, I'm grateful that he has, and I hope that the audience feels like we're living up to whatever it was that he saw in us. 508-996-0500. Uh, I know that we're going to play the weekend weird, but the phones are lined up, so I want to make sure that we can get to these calls. Good evening. Oh, let me hit the other side. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. How are you? I'm good. How are you tonight, Tim? We are spooktacular. What's on your mind? <laughs> well, I have two really great Art Bell stories that I always, th- these were my favorite ones. Um, and so my first one is uh, Art used to, you know, he would be broadcasting and then he would take a break. And normally he would sort of step out onto his back deck and have a smoke and look at the stars. And he came on and uh, related that he had forgotten that he was having his deck replaced. So he stepped out into thin air and fell, I don't know how many feet. Oh, no. You know, it, it, in typical art fashion, he came on after the break and told in great detail this horrible <laughs> experience he had. And people were dying. It was so hilarious. I mean, he just, and, and throughout the rest of the program, he would sort of report on how, you know, how, mu- how much pain he was in and how much worse it really was that he thought it was. And uh, how could he have forgotten that he had his own deck replaced? So um, that was one story, and the other one was what he super glued his lips together. Yes, that's that's a, that? yeah, that's a classic. And, oh my God, that was so funny. But if you look at some of the things that Art went through and still was able to go on the air, I mean, probably nothing greater than the emotional pain he felt when Ramona passed, and to still be able yeah. to go on the air, like you know how bad things had to be at the end for him to have to hang it up because of the pain that he was in and being physically unable to to do the show every night. Yeah. That was that story. The Ramona story was absolutely heartbreaking and incredible that he was able to come back on and describe it. And I think he knew that his listeners, I mean, I've been listening to him since day one, and he knew his listeners absolutely needed to know what he was going through. And everybody just, you know, it was a ride. It was the ride with with art. I just want to say one last thing, which is um, I love what you and Dave and the crew that, that have come on in Midnight in the Desert are doing. Um, I would echo the, the, the stuff that you've been doing since the 1st of January has been amazing. I mean, it's been a great combination of guests. You guys have been doing a wonderful job. Um, I signed up for Midnight in the Desert the, the day I think Art announced he was doing it. I hung in there through the tough times. I feel like every night is a reward. I love the show. You're doing so wonderful. Well, thank you. So, so thank you. Well, th- I know it's a lot of hard work. I know you guys have been busting it, and it's really paying off. And I hope the show is being more and more successful as it goes. I just love it. Well, we appreciate that, and, and that's what it's for. It's it's making sure that, yeah. you know, those who tuned in first for art still feel like it's, uh, you know, something that's, it's it's going to be different. I mean, there's no doubt. it's it, Nobody's going to be Art Bell, and nobody's trying to be, but at least at the same spirit and the same, uh, you know, the same uh, type of, of DNA is still running through the show. I, I think it's important to move on. I mean, that's what Art would have wanted, too. He moved on in his way. What he did was so groundbreaking. That was why he was so popular, and it's important that you all do the same. Um, and I loved your tribute. I hadn't read it before tonight, but um, I'm glad you reposted it. It was just beautiful. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this tonight, Tim. Well, you have a great night, and, uh, and long live the spirit of Art Bell. <laughs> you bet. Take Bye-bye. care.
at 508-996-0500. And that is, you know, one of the things when we started doing this show is we said, you know, we're fans, but we don't want to be doing a, a copy of the show. You know, we don't want to we don't want to kick the show off with the chase every night, you know, because uh, we we the best way to pay homage to to your idols and to those who have shaped who you are is to do your own thing and to find a way to do it in a way that is respectful to what has come before you, but not a direct copy. And I think that um, anything that comes through as being a direct copy of Art Bell is going to come across as disingenuous. Because that was solely his style. There is no way that you can... See, it's, it's a little bit different when you look at the way that media has evolved over the years. Television media, radio media. There was a time when homogeny was a good thing. When every announcer sounded the same. When every host sounded the same. When you couldn't tell one newsreel narrator from another. You know, that's kind of what they wanted. They wanted something with that. And as the, the media became more of a an integral part of everybody's everyday life, then it became a need to have differentiation. And as you got to the point, you know, and Art said it before, he got tired of doing the same type of talk that everybody else was doing. He had to find his own way and his own voice and his own whatever got him thrilled enough to sit behind the microphone every night. And so then that makes that just uniquely Art Bell. And you can't go and copy that and and claim it as your own. The only way to really pay tribute and, and pay homage to him is to do it in your own style, but in a way that he would kind of still approve of. You know what I mean? Like you're still carrying on the same concept, but you're not doing an impression. And I think that's why Art would love what Dave has been doing with that Midnight in the Desert show is because the DNA is there without it being an exact ripoff. And Coast to Coast went through that. I mean, they went through some growing pains of we have to try to keep things art-like with the same bumpers and a lot of the same music and all of that. But eventually, the other hosts there find their own voice and find their own way of doing things. So I think it's it's natural to want to imitate your idols, but the best way to give your respect to them is to just take their influence but still have your own way of doing things. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420 if you want to chime in and share your own memories right now we'll uh, we'll take a break for the week in weird we'll play the the week in weird Matt Blystein has another great edition of that for us uh, and you will be able to catch that video on its own too if you want to just Take that from YouTube when Matt shares it out there. Uh, Matt Costa will put that up there. If you can just take that out, share it around on social media. Let everybody know about The Week and Weird. Even people that don't listen to this show will get a kick out of that segment. So take those videos, put them up on your social media, share them around on your Facebook, on your Twitter, what have you. That's what we do it for. That's what we put it up there in that format for so that you can spread the word and 
I just I can't wait to see what Matt has planned for us for this week. So let's cut away to the week in weird. mystery at sea. Two fishermen discovered a partially submerged yacht with a broken mast off the coast of the Philippines. When they approached it and climbed aboard to see if anyone was in need of assistance, they found something that will haunt them forever. When they reached the yacht's cabin, they found assorted foodstuffs, clothing, and books strewn about the floor. But then they discovered the mummified remains of the yacht's captain, still seated at his desk near a radio in what appears to have been a final attempt at making a distress call. The 58-year-old German explorer Manfred Bjorat was identified by paperwork found on board the yacht, but it was unclear how long he'd been dead or what killed him. Manfred had been sailing around the world in his 40-foot yacht named Sayo for the past 20 years and was last seen in Mallorca, Spain by a fellow sailor in 2009, but he was maintaining contact with friends online up until one year before being found. The mystery of where he'd been recently and where he was going remains unsolved. Clues may lie in haunting photographs found in a damaged photo album on board. The photos show Manfred in happier times with family and friends, including a daughter named Nina and his ex-wife Claudia, who passed away in 2010 after the divorce two years earlier. The German embassy in Manila is trying to contact any remaining relatives in Germany, and local police are attempting to trace his most recent voyages to try and locate anyone who may have spoken to or seen him alive prior to being found adrift. Authorities are making every effort to answer the question of just what happened on board the SIO in Manfred's final days. Our last story is a bit cheesy. Seeking to find out if the sounds and vibrations of music played to cheese while it matures can have an effect on its flavor and texture, researchers at the Bern University of the Arts in Switzerland conducted a culinary art experiment called Sonic Cheese. The researchers placed identical wheels of cheese into separate crates to mature. Each wheel of cheese was exposed to a different genre of music for 24 hours a day over the course of six months. Some of the different types of music included classical, rock, techno, hip-hop, and even some yodeling. Once the aging process was complete, the cheese was then judged by a culinary jury to determine what, if any, differences there were, and to see if one cheese tasted better than the others. They discovered the music did in fact affect the cheese, with the most obvious differences being observed in the strength of flavor, smell, and taste. The cheese exposed to classical and rock music had a milder taste and was well-liked, but the hip-hop cheese was the clear favorite. The judges said that it had a stronger aroma and a bolder, fruitier taste than that of the other test samples. The fact that hip-hop cheese stood out from the rest really shouldn't come as a surprise, especially if one takes into account the deep, long-standing connection between hip-hop and cheese. Consider Flava Flav's iconic cheese necklaces, or Tupac Shakur's famous cheese belt. Ultimately, the researchers found out that what they say on the street is true. There ain't no cheese like a hip-hop cheese, because a hip-hop cheese don't stop. And that's it for this week's installment of The Week in Weird. I'm your host, Matt Bleistein, and I'll see you next week.
another great edition of the Week in Weird with Matt Blystein. And again, uh, you can take those videos, share them around. That's what they're for. We want everybody out there to uh, spread the word about the Week in Weird because Matt does a fantastic job of, of producing those. And um, I think, you know, we're talking about the next great newscasters. Uh, you know, I think Matt's got a future in this, especially when it comes to the weird news. 508-996-0500-877-996-1420. If you would like to call in and share some of your Art Bell memories uh, here on the one-year anniversary of his passing, I think we've seen over the course of the last year a new appreciation for Art and for what he was able to do, uh, for what he was able to bring to not only the world of the paranormal, but just to radio in general. It was a free-form style at a time when, you know, corporate radio was really starting to, to gain a foothold in the 90s. Uh, syndicated talk shows were being put out there on a regular basis. Well, you know, you had guys like Rush Limbaugh taking over the airwaves, but they were very regimented shows, segments, and, and um, they would have uh, certain sponsorable segments uh, to be able to offset some of the costs associated with putting these programs on and putting them out there to a wider audience. And art show was so organic. It just felt so organic. You were just listening to a guy sitting in the dark talking into a microphone and there was no real bells and whistles associated with a lot of it, no pun intended. But that's what made it so great is that it was, it was kind of throwback radio in a way where if you listen to some of these older shows where it was just, you know, and I've mentioned before Long John Nebel, who I think, you know, was an influence of what Art did. And people don't give Long John enough credit for bringing these topics to the airwaves when a lot of people didn't. Uh, and then you can even go back further than that. Go to Harry Price, who was a paranormal investigator, but who would conduct live paranormal investigations on the air. He would go to ghost hunts at Borley Rectory and broadcast those over the radio. But then there's also some credit that has to be given to some of the radio dramas of the, of the 1930s and 40s, where a lot of those shows had a suspenseful, some of them paranormal angle to them. And there was a good threat of that in what Art Bell did, because you would have these shows where, you know, sure, it was a talk show format, but the stories that people were sharing and telling were so compelling that they were almost told in a narrative way. And I think for a lot of the audience that tuned in, especially those of us who had never really listened to old time radio, because we were probably too young and we didn't have the access to it like we do now, it was the closest that we could ever get to what our, our parents and grandparents felt when they would sit around the radio and just be transfixed by what they were hearing. And there's just not enough of that anymore. There's not enough of appointment radio because we live in an age now where everything can be podcast and everything can be streamed at a later time that there's very few reasons to be at a place at a certain time. We've tried to do it with, you know, having the live chat room and the video stream to make it so that you have to be here on Saturday nights to interact with us. But at the same time, you know, we understand that the world is changing. 
And so it's good that we can share these stories of Art Bell and tell people, you know, you go back and listen to them now, it'll still feel to you like it did to us the first time that we heard them live over the air. 508-996-0500. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. Good evening, Tim. How's it going? Good evening to all of Spooky South Coast. Good to hear your voice again. How's how's things been going for you? Well, things are going good. I just wanted to uh, ask a question before I get into that. Um, I tried to get you on the computer last week, and all I got was commercials. Well, last week uh, we we didn't have a show. Oh. So that's probably why you weren't able to to get us live anyway because uh we didn't we didn't have a live broadcast um i was i was at a wrestling event so but if you ever want to get us on the computer and and you can't uh i always recommend just going to youtube and going to the the spooky south coast channel on youtube if you don't see a live video there then there is no live show going on oh okay because like i say i was getting commercials and i wasn't sure if that because you mentioned about you uh you had crashed the system last week or something uh, the week before that, yeah, we definitely did. Uh, we had so many people trying to access it once our, our website. Oh, the Spooky that, South Coast was... website went down, yeah. Yeah, maybe that was Okay, well, I'll give you, I'll give you an update as much as I can. Um, the, uh, I don't know if I told you, but there was uh, seven arrested uh, at the uh, residence of the guy who was claiming to be a lawyer. Right. And um, this they're still going to court. I think they got a couple more days of court, but they're getting, they're getting some very high sentences because the the guy that was uh, he took the identity of a, a federal lawyer, so he's gonna he's gonna do some heavy time. And uh, there was one other person that took the name of a judge that contacted me too, and I think he's gonna be doing some very heavy time. Uh, and I can get I can give you an, a guesstimation. Uh, I was told that I was going to have a good Easter, so I think it's going to be a few days before Easter. Okay. I'll be getting everything. Um, so, I mean, just to give us an idea, like how long have you been waiting for? When when was the original date when you found out that you had you had won Publishers Clearinghouse and we were going to be getting oh, some okay. some money? The original date I don't recall, but it was uh, approximately a year and a half, almost two years ago. Okay. And what happened was, uh, I took a private delivery. And the FBI got involved, and they were all uh, the field agents. They were all stealing the money and shifting it from one agent to another until there was one legit agent that uh, went to the attorney general, and then they had Homeland Security go take care of everything. Well, I mean, now that that organization is in shambles now with oh yeah because Kirsten Nielsen stepping down. So well. It's not so much uh, stepping uh, uh, Homeland Security won't be in shambles because uh, one person that I, I, I did keep in contact with is, is probably going to be promoted. And his you can look him up on the computer. His name is Joshua Polchek. He might be promoted. Okay. And I think uh, because right now I'm dealing with a Homeland Security agent, which I won't give his name either, but he said that this uh, Polchek might be contacting me as well when I get the when I get the delivery. So they're saying now that it could be a few days before Easter, which I think is what the last weekend of the month or next weekend. Uh, it might be might be next weekend. I'm not yeah, I think sure. it is. I think it is. It's next weekend. Yeah. So we're talking so sometime this week. On, possibly.
probably a guesstimation for for a Dillingham thing, probably a month to be a guesstimation. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, you got to wait for everything to process and and all that kind of stuff, and you don't want to just start throwing money around as soon as you get it either. You know what I mean? Oh, like, no, well, I, my my main thing is I want to get a residence for myself. Right. And uh, but like I say, I want to make sure that it's safe enough so you guys, when you guys go in there, I don't want you to break a leg. You know, literally. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely safe. I mean, it's, it's somebody's been living in it, so it's, you well, know, is that it's, right? yeah, it's been well maintained. It was it was open as a bed and breakfast up until a few years ago. Oh, see, I, I didn't know that. Oh no, it's definitely in move-in condition. There's there's no problems with it. It's it's beautiful. If you go to the, if you go online and you look it up, you can you can see inside of it, and uh, you can see how well it's been maintained. So uh, well, yeah, I no, it's do that because that's that's basically all I use my computer for as I look at real estate. Well, that's you know, and another another piece you might want to look into is uh, you know because you're going to need to get away from everybody. You're going to need to keep some distance between yourself and and people. You know, there's um, there's this island for sale in Fairhaven. Oh yeah. Yeah, the one off uh, off Pope's Island there. I, I, it starts with a C, um, but it's uh, I think it's Cove Island or something like that. So you could you could buy that for yourself just to keep yourself away from everybody else. <laughs> you know, then when we see the boats coming, you know that you're going to have company. Well, well, see, I gotta. I gotta get into a cushnet first because I have uh, I have a lot of business in a cushnet that mm-hmm. I have to take care of. So, I think uh, there's I think there's a haunted house for sale there too if you wanna if you wanna move into a house that has some ghosts in it. Oh, you know I had my eye on a place but somebody bought it and I, and I could almost assure that it's haunted because it was built in like 1750. Was it? It wasn't the uh, Samuel West house, was it? With the stockade out front? Uh, no, this was on Keene Road. It was, um, I'm trying to think, oh, the name on it was Ebenezer something or other. Oh, I'm, I don't think I'm familiar with that one. Oh, well, it's on Keene Road. It's like, uh, if you took, uh, okay, Keene Road runs off of, uh, uh, I want to say Middle Road, Middle Road, Peckham Road. Okay. And if you take it all the way north and you pass uh, the White Cemetery, it's in the area of a cemetery, too. So I think that would probably be on the haunted side. And I may have some friends uh, that might be interested in, in seeing if you're willing to back a, a financial, a, a, a scientific expedition. They're uh, they're out looking for the uh, the elusive sand squatch. So they're hoping that maybe they could get you to uh, kind of underwrite that uh, that research of what's being done. And then you know, then when they make the discovery, they'll they'll share the credit with you fully. Well, something to think about because that's uh, you know this. I go to a I go to a, a family camp on Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. and they have a uh, a thing similar to, to the Loch Ness monster. Mm-hmm. Yep, Champ so Champ the Sea Monster. Yep. So well, the Lake Monster. You know, that's, uh, something to think about. Well, I mean, sand squash research is the next. That's the next big level of paranormal research. I think people are sleeping on the sand squash, so I think uh, you could really get involved in that and, and make your name in it and. Like I said, there's a number of people that have been uh, looking into it that I'm sure, you know, they wouldn't mind having, uh, you know, being able to share the the discovery with you if that's the case. Right now, that thing, the thing you've got next weekend, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a lot um, of fun. Uh, it's 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 a little bit of a hike. It's a, it's uh, you know, it's in uh, Winchenden, Mass, which is a, about two hours from here, but it's um, it's it's nice, nice country out there. Real quiet place. Uh, it's a town that's known for. Uh, as, as Toy Town, 
so that's that was kind of how Winchenden made its its bones in the early days was uh, by having toy factories. And so now one of the buildings, the Isaac Morris House, is a toy museum, which is really really cool to walk around and see some of these old antique toys. Yeah, that would be. And they have an ice cream parlor inside of it too, which is awesome. Now, now is this is this a Saturday night? It's next Saturday night. Yep. Well, if I get my stuff before, I'm definitely going to check it out because it sounds very interesting. Well, absolutely. You can find all the information out on our website, SpookySouthCoast.com, and uh, it has the address of where to go to for everything, and it's uh, it's a great, great place to, to visit, even if you're not, even for people who can't come and make it to the Paranormal event next Saturday, definitely go up there and visit and take a tour of the of the Murdoch-Whitney house and see all the great antiques they have in there. It's beautiful in there, all the, the great stuff that they have. And, uh, it, you know, it's it's one of those places where even if it wasn't haunted, I'd still want to go up there and spend a day. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm kind of into antiques, especially uh, antique cars. You, you wouldn't believe in, in my neighborhood. Uh, of course, one, one, uh, one gentleman unfortunately lost his house to a fire no no uh, this past weekend a couple of weekends ago and when i went walking through the neighborhood somebody on that uh, uh street has a nice 74 monte Carlo, and that belonged to if i'm not mistaken it belonged to my friend's father because he, he had bought that when we moved into the neighborhood and uh this my neighbor across the street has a 80 I want to see me a mid-80s vet. Nice, nice. And about six houses down from me, a guy has a 40 Chevy Coupe. Yeah, well... and he drives it all over the place. I just saw a guy uh, on my Facebook uh, just got a, an old 59 Rambler that's been sitting in his yard for years. They finally got it running. Really? So, yeah, good good stuff. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a car club. I, I think you really should, and you'll, you'll probably be able to finance the whole club yourself, so... Oh yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for the call. We do have another one that we want to squeeze in before the end of the show. So keep okay, us keep we'll us have updated. A good night, and we'll be talking. All right. Take care. Yeah. Bye bye. And uh, yeah, don't. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can make make some of the Sasquatch research happen because Sasquatch is the next big thing in the paranormal. I know. Good evening. You're next on Spooky South Coast. It's me once again, Tim. Hello. I, uh, I had uh, I had Donald Glover here. You know, the Charles Gambino. Oh, yeah. Yep. He was mm-hmm. in here for the last 35 minutes trying to get your, your your thing up and trying to call through. So he just walked off. So I just, I and he's got some good uh, paranormal stories that he's telling me about. We could write some songs together. This is Spooky America. Well, if you want to write, you want some lyrics, you need to talk to me. You know, you know that song, Mr. Brightside by the Killers? Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah. I was inspiration for that, even though I'm on the dark side. You're you Mr. Know, Brightside? Like, yeah, yeah, inspiration for it, though. And it's like a lot of those words from that song were, were verbally written, spoken out of my mouth. So, nothing but love for them. Well, so, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Did you do the Weekend Weird? We did, yep. We played that a little bit uh, earlier. So, I mean... If I had known, you know, if I had known that Childish Gambino was waiting around, waiting to talk to us, I, I probably would have saved that for later on in the show. But well, we can't see it anyway. The reception is horrible here, and you could tell by my phone, right? Well, that's so the, just turn him on to the podcast, and 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 then he can, uh, you know, he can listen to us that way. I did. He was trying to get it on his on his on his uh, tablet. Well, and so and 
and it didn't work for him either. Well, he's welcome uh, anytime. Just just have him email me Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com. We'll set it up. Okay, I might be able to get uh, I might be able to get somebody else to come do it for you too. Uh, I want I want you to try to get the interview uh, before she dies. Don Well, Marianne oh, yeah. from Gilligan's Island, and there's she. I she's one of the sweetest, most lovely, still beautiful. She's down near ninety. She's gorgeous. I uh, you know, I got the chance to speak to her at a, at a, at a Comic Con. She's very nice. How long ago was it? Uh, it was quite a few years ago because I haven't been I haven't been working the comic cons for a couple of years as, a, as an MC, so probably at least five so, or six years ago. So if you let's say if you were coming to Vegas this Thursday, and you and which I know you're not, and that you're coming to see the Avengers Endgame, who would you dress up as in cosplay when we go there? Oh, geez, I'm not much of a cosplay guy, but if I had to dress up as somebody, um, hmm. I don't know. I, I could probably be a fat Hulk. Well, you know, you can do the Hulk. You know, they've got the uh, they've got the mortal Hulk. The, uh, he's he's got a beard and stuff like that. He's the one that killed all killed Captain America. It, you know the story with uh, Logan. You oh know, yeah, the yep. dead, old man Logan. That that story is with that with that Hulk right there. I think most likely I I'll probably dress like Wolverine or or or. or Big black Deadpool. I don't know. How well, I, yet. I guess it doesn't matter what color you are if you're Deadpool. Nobody's gonna know the difference. You're under the costume. Or so you think. Oh. What, you, what you've been, what you've been black as long as I've been black. You know, like I said, most of my life. So, so like I said, it's, a, it's a big story. <laughs> Hold on, right wait a minute. You've only been black most of your life. Pretty much. This is this is it's something that happened at some point in your life. It wasn't like from birth. Well, let me tell you the tale. Everyone gathered. We have about we have about one minute left. So if you can tell us a one minute version of it. Oh, I couldn't even. I couldn't do that. Let's oh. have to wait for next week. All right, we'll have to save that for another show because that's the story I definitely want to hear. Definitely, maybe I'll do it live. You know, and I'll see some anime animation and stuff for some 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 Narjario. What do they call that? Naruto, whatever, something like that. But uh, that's good though. All right. Well, you. I wish I, wish I could have heard the whole show. Well, you, oh, can, you, know, because, you can get our podcast later. That's for sure. You can always oh, listen to us later. All right, because it's going to be all video because I know most of it was, wasn't worth working. No, you'll be able to watch it on YouTube, and you can get us uh, as an audio podcast. Both ways will be up uh, later on this week. Well, hell's bells, Flat. All right. All right. I, hope, I want you to have a wonderful holiday coming up next week, everyone. Don't forget Passover and, and Easter's next weekend. Mm-hmm. So everybody show your love for the big guy in the sky and don't be mean to other people. All For right. Example. Well, you have a, a you have a good time out there at Coachella. We'll talk to you next time. I'll, I'll take some pictures of Ariana Grande tomorrow for you. There you go. Excellent. All right. Play on, Playboy. You... Stephanie thinks not coming to work. <laughs> have a good one. Hercules. <laughs> All right. Take care. That is, I, I, Play on, Playboy. You too. I can't believe that our, the Spooky South Coast audience now knows the true legend of Lamone. All right. Well, that about does it for this week's show. As I said, we'll be off next week and the week after. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with all new great shows for you uh, coming up in May. Uh, if you want to check out the event next weekend, SpookySouthCoast.com. If you want to join us at the conference the weekend after that, X-FilersUnited.com. If you want to come out and hang out with all the great people that will be there as well, certainly uh, email us, Tim at SpookySouthCoast.com or SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com if you need any more of this information. So until next time, for Matt, 
that. For Matt, for Stephanie, for Kylie, I'm Tim. Stay spooktacular. News. Talk.